Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. On today's episode, we have Teresa Todd. She has a portfolio worth of $17 million, and they consist of short-term rentals and long-term rentals. What I think you're going to enjoy most about today's episode is we focus in on boutique short-term rentals. We're going to talk about how she's buying them, how she furnished them, what differentiate her boutique short-term rental for the rather regular and luxury short-term rentals in the market, and what are the strategies that she is applying now to differentiate herself from the competition so you can do the same. Before we get into her story, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Interest rates are sky high in 2023, and buying a rental property means you could get stuck with an 8, 9, or 10% mortgage rate. But what about a 2.99% rate with rent to retirement? Rent to Retirement has 2.99% seller financing available on turnkey properties. You heard that right. That's a seller financed 2.99% interest rate with an average cash flow of over $900 per month. Plus, they've got options where you can put as little as 5% down with no PMI. As the nation's leading turnkey investment company, Rent to Retirement helps investors build headache-free, high-cash-flow rental portfolios. And since their properties are fully turnkey, newly built or renovated, leased and managed, anyone can invest, even those who aren't into landlording. So what are you waiting for? This 2.99% rate deal won't last long. To learn more, visit renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com. Or text REI to 33777. Again, text REI to 33777. You ever feel like your vacation rental since empty too often? Missing out on potential income? Look, you're not alone. Many property owners struggle with underperforming bookings and the complexities of property management. But here's some good news. Vacasa outperforms other property managers in 92% of the markets they operate. They've helped homeowners like you increase their bookings by an average of 24%, turning those empty days into profitable opportunities. Want to see what your earnings could look like with Vacasa? Visit biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa, spelled V-A-C-A-S-A, and get a free personalized income estimate today. That's biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Investor Show where we're all about empowering women to live a financially free and balanced life. And we're committed to that, right, Andressa? And we take it seriously. And we appreciate you being back with us on the many episodes we've had. Or if this is your first time listening, we, we want to jump right in and get to the content and not waste your time. Right, Andressa? Mm, yes, yeah. So excited to have Teresa Todd on our show today. We uh, share similar missions. And I know you do, you're doing a lot of great things in the niches you're in real estate right now. So excited to have you on and appreciate you being here. Appreciate you sharing your wisdom with our community. Well, thanks. I'm honored to be here and can't wait to dive in today. Yeah. So what lesson, uh, Teresa, would you say has taken you the longest to learn? Woohoo! The, the <laughs> lesson that's taken me the longest to learn is that this is a journey. You're not going to be an overnight success. You know, you, I had to get past the thinking that, well, if I can just do this, it'll calm down. It's never going to calm down. It's never going to just, 
it's always just going to be the next thing, the next thing. And to be okay with that and, you know, to thrive in that environment. That's awesome. And our focus on this episode is going to be boutique short-term rental. So for the women that are thinking about short-term rental, it, there's a buzz out there about short-term and mid-term rental. Share with us why you selected this specific strategy. Okay. Well, I love short-term rental because I like to call that now and later money because that cash flow that you're making every single month is money that you can spend right now. But you're also building the later money, that that long-term wealth, your retirement, passing you know legacy down to your family. So that is one reason that I love short-term rental in general. But I found my niche with boutique short-term rental, which is a little bit nicer than just something traditional, but it's not the luxury short-term rental, which I love to stay in luxury short-term rentals whenever I am traveling, especially if I'm going with family, large groups. But there's a lot of work to luxury short-term rentals. Boutique is like right in the middle. You can make a lot more money every single night because this is a nightly fee. You can keep them booked up more. What I have found is, is that you can keep them booked up, you know, almost, you know, at least 15 nights per month, sometimes, you know, 20, 25, sometimes 30. So it's just been an easy strategy. There's not a whole lot more work after you get a boutique short-term rental set up and going. There's not really any more work to it than just a traditional short-term rental, which is not the case with the luxury. So I just found that little mid place to be a, a wonderful place. It also just fits my personality. I love to go in and just dress it up and make it like a really, really fun place for someone to come and stay for a few nights for a few weeks. So let's break down, right? The boutique, which you mentioned it's not your regular and it's not larger. Let's break it down in terms of market price point. Let's start there. Are there specific markets and price points that are more appropriate or ideal for this strategy? Yes, I have found now, of course, most of mine are in I have uh, Colorado, Texas and Florida. And so our price point uh, for most of ours and all of them except for one are three bedrooms. We always turn the garages into a bunk room. We can discuss that more a, a little bit later. So we're sleeping anywhere from 12 to 14 people per night. Ours are usually rented out at $250 to $450 per night. So that is kind of my mid-price range in those three states where I have short-term rentals. And share with us why you selected those states. Well, I'm, of course, I'm here in Texas. And so uh, obviously, it just makes it so much easier here. And then I was in Florida for a short time, got to know that area really well. Plus, I love the beach. So if I can have, you know, short-term rentals, I just think a beach is a fantastic place to have short-term rentals. And then my sons really love the mountains. And so we thought we had to have a short-term rental in the mountains. So we have kind of, it's more of a multifamily. We have 14 doors there, little 14 little cabins there. That's really awesome. 
When I think like boutique too, is it more of like an experience? Would that be accurate in what you're saying? So if I'm now sourcing a short-term rental and I say, okay, I'm looking in this particular market and, you know, obviously the market is not all created equal, right? You can't find a luxury, a luxury short-term rental in every market. Same with, with what you're saying in terms of boutique, same with traditional. So how would I, as an investor, kind of like differ, differentiate and like, okay, this market might be more accurate or more, might be a better fit for a boutique investment versus say a, you know, another market? Is it, is it experience? Is it lo- obviously a lot of the things we look for short term? What have you found to be the kind of like the recipe, if you will, or the criteria of those uh, three markets for you? You know, I think that if there is a, if you have a location where there are people coming to on a regular basis, it it would automatically always, you could upgrade to a boutique short-term rental. Very few times that maybe, maybe if you're looking at like hospital districts are great places for short-term rentals, maybe not boutique. People are coming. They are not looking to spend extra money at that point. They're usually there for serious things. That may be, that's the only time that I can really think of that where, but when people are going out on a vacation. They're even doing business. For me, I travel a lot with business. Even then, I'm looking for an upgrade. I want an experience. So it's not lavish prices, but it is a little more expensive. And you can be so creative whenever you're talking boutique. What makes something a boutique? It can be, I see a lot. I don't really have this, but a lot of people will do a theme. Uh, Of course, if you're in Disneyland, you will see some short-term rentals that are, you know, the Disney princesses, all of the bedrooms are in a different princess. I've been in Nashville and they they really have some creative things. I was actually in one and one room was a Reba McIntyre room and a Dolly Parton room. And so you can just do a theme that makes a really great boutique short-term rental. I go with more of just a look, an upgraded, fun, funky, eclectic, bright colors, unique tiles and furniture that you wouldn't put in a traditional place because, or you wouldn't stage it that way if you were trying to sell it as a flip house because not everybody would want to live there, but they would definitely want to stay there for a short period of time. It just makes it more fun. And so that is really what I'm thinking of when I decide I'm going to do a boutique short-term rental. You know, people are choosing their short-term rental. They're looking at the pictures and I want my pictures to grab their attention. I want them to go, oh my gosh, what a fun experience. I cannot wait to stay there. As well as providing, I love to provide outdoor games, sitting areas, always have a grill because that's much more of a, you know, that's a great experience. You want that to showcase in your in all of the photographs. Those are just some of the things that I think make an experience. They can cook together. Of course, I mentioned that we do the bunk rooms so we can have really large groups of people. It's been fantastic for family reunions or we have in ours a lot of bachelor and bachelorette parties that will come and stay. And because we have this bunk room and because we have all this outdoor fun, we have kitchens that they can all, you know, cook together, hang out together. Again, lots of games, a chalkboard wall where we, you know, they can, you know, even little things like that just make it way more than just a traditional little place to go yeah. hang for a few days. 
It's about creating memories, right? Ultimately. Absolutely. So people are paying to be able to create memories with their families. We went and recently stayed at a short-term rental. I guess, I don't know if you'd call it boutique. I'm not sure what category you'd call it. Probably more boutique, but it was this wonderful outside. I mean, when I say wonderful, I just wanted to like take a sleeping bag and stay outside. And then you go indoors and they didn't clean the oven. Like there was the most random things inside. But relatively speaking, every time like, how was your trip up in the Poconos? I'm like, the outside was amazing. That's what I start with. And then I go down the path of I would never stay there again because of X, Y, and Z. But (laughs) the experience for us was outside. We spent a lot of time outside. So what you're saying makes a lot of sense of like, where can people create memories? And how do you how do you price that accordingly? You know, in in, in that way. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. The um, to know what, yeah. when you're evaluating a market, you know, there are so many tools out there to one, evaluate if that's a correct market. And number two, how to price. We're curious about what would you recommend for the women listening? Well, I always look to see, of course, you know, run the comps, I, you know, air DNA. And even I use a company called Evolve. And they actually will even help me decide. They, they will look to see whatever else they have in that area, what it's going for per night. And then one secret that I have found is whatever they advise me, because mine are always a little bit cuter and I'm going for that boutique look, I can always raise mine at least $25 a night, $50 a night. So again, I am looking at what other short-term rentals are doing in that particular area. How often are they booked? And if they're not staying booked up at least 15 nights per month, I'm not going to have a short-term rental there. That's my criteria. I want to be booked up. To really be lucrative, it needs to be booked up at least 15 nights a month. That's my criteria. And then, you know, how much is it going to go for per night? And how much is it going to cost me, you know, to run this particular short-term rental? Is there an HOA fee? Which typically there's not. I don't typically put my short-term rentals in a place that has an HOA. But I'm always looking at what it's going to cost me versus what I think my profits are going to be and how often it's booked up. And in terms of managing the project, I I say project because I feel that short-term rentals is an ongoing thing, right? You have so many things happening. So in terms of what what would you say are the pros and cons of hiring a third-party company to, to manage the property? And oh, yes. I think that it is absolutely a necessity to have a, a, a property management company. If not, you will run yourself ragged, especially if you have multiple properties, because you just, I agree with what you just said. It's very different than a traditional long-term rental. There is this constant turnover. And <laughs> and Teresa just mentioned the, uh, or Liz, I'm sorry, the uh, stove, the oven being dirty. Yeah. It's so easy to miss something like that. So two things that is not only a property management company that handles all the things for me, they handle all the marketing, all of everything that happens, all the bookings, all the cancellations, any refunds, anything like that. They handle all of that. So I don't have to. But then the other two things that are so vital to having a successful short-term rental is the best housekeepers ever and a fantastic handyman that is there on call because every time guests leave, there's the potential that something went wrong, that something was broken, that, you know, you have to replace comforters, you have, you know, 
whatever. And I need my housekeepers to go in and remember to open that oven, to remember to open every single drawer and every single cabinet in that house has to be opened and looked at to see if something needs to be cleaned. Of course, the refrigerator, the freezer, you just really have to stay on top of that. And then I have a great relationship with my housekeepers. And if they see something, towels or anything that needs to be replaced, they go do that for me immediately. They take care of everything. If it's something they can't handle, I have a great relationship. They call the handyman. He will show up, take care of everything. And I even have a $500, you know, that's my thing. If you can get this taken care of for under $500, don't even call me. Just take care of it and let me know about it. If it's more than that, then call me and let's discuss it. And if you're going to have multiple short-term rentals, I believe that that is just key to not being bogged down with the daily, you know, just taking care of all of those daily things that may go wrong. You also, you know, you never know what kind of guests are going to show up. And some guests have some really high expectations and you just have to be ready that if, you know, from some silly thing that they want, or it may seem silly to us that they need two more pans for the meal that they're cooking. And my housekeepers will run, you know, to Target and get two more pans and take it to them. So... Do they call you or they would call the property no, manager in a no, situation I like that? I am the last person that they would call. Uh, I have an, you know, I have it set up with my property manager. They know exactly who to call. They take care of it. I'm curious. Have you been struggling to keep your vacation rental booked? I totally get it. It's tough to manage and keep filled. But we found something that really works. It's called Vacasa. They've seriously changed the game for a lot of the BP audience. In almost every market they're in, Vacasa manages to fill up the calendar more than anyone else. And get this, the average Vacasa user sees about 24% more bookings than with other managers. That's a lot of extra income. Curious to see what you could be earning? You can get a personalized income estimate right there. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at what Vacasa can do for you. Check out biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa, spelled V-A-C-A-S-A, biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa. Top real estate investors love to talk about how they save so much on taxes, but how are they able to build rental property empires while skirting Uncle Sam? 1031 Exchanges. 1031 exchanges allow you to defer capital gains taxes while you sell an investment property, exchanging your old property for a bigger, better one and avoiding the tax man while you do it. And that's where First American Exchange Company comes in. They're the leaders in 1031 exchanges. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting, First American Exchange can help you with simple rental property exchanges, complex commercial real estate investments, reverse exchanges, and more. Don't let your taxes eat into your profits. Visit First American Exchange Company at firstexchange.com. Or call them at 800-556-2520. That's firstexchange.com or 800-556-2520. Keep your money in your pocket and propel your portfolio further at firstexchange.com. First American Exchange Company does not provide tax or legal advice. Consult your financial, real estate, tax, or legal advisor about your circumstances. First American Exchange Company. Safe, smart, secure. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. 
At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single family, short term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. Which is usually my housekeeper. And if if anything my housekeeper can't handle, then she goes to my handyman. Yeah. What percent are you paying, if you don't mind? Is it varies from state to state? Right. 10% right off the top. And it is... I would pay 10% all day long because I think, I mean, you bake, priceless. And you bake those into your numbers as you're evaluating Absolutely. in terms of what you're, yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I, I, you know, obviously third-party management, it's not just hands-off, right? There's a quality control element yes. to, it's like you're, you're the asset manager in a sense, right? Absolutely. Where you have a, right. And in, in large multi, and we've seen that, especially when we used to manage everything ourselves and then you move to. And everyone thinks, oh, it's just hands off. And it's just, but it's, it, 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 what do you have reoccurring meetings with these folks? Like what's your, do you have a certain structure in place to ensure that you're controlling the quality and controlling what happens and making sure they're taking you, care of your properties? Well, you know, the best way to know what's going on in your property is your reviews. <laughs> your reviews will say it all, which you don't want to learn that something is not well from a review, but I'm, you know, if I'm just completely honest, but as long as everything is going really well, then I probably talk to them every week or at least every two weeks. We're having a conversation about something. You know, I will have a maybe a housekeeping company that does fantastic for six months. And then you, you know, you start seeing some problems and you have to, you know, have a talk or sometimes, you know, switch it out and come up with some, you know, find somebody that is new. And the key is whenever you set them up, anytime I have a new housekeeper or I'm setting up a new short-term rental, I go myself and I walk through that property with them. And I have a long list of every expectation that I have. And I walk through that property every single room. And I say, this is what you need to do here. This is what I'm expecting here. I want the, you know, in the utility room, the, sh- the washing machine and the dryer. I want that to be wiped down every single time between every single guest. Because a lot of these housekeepers have just been cleaning traditional homes and cleaning for just a traditional, you know, I have a housekeeper for my home. My expectations for what I have in my own home and what I have my for my short-term rental is just very different. I don't expect my housekeeper at home to open up every single drawer and look in and, you know, she's cleaning more of the outside surfaces. So setting high, high expectations, letting them see and know the reviews, I will let them see every review that comes through because I want them to see, you know, what is being said, if good or bad. I want them to see that for themselves. Good recommendation. The Acquiring of the properties. What what has been your strategy? What I find is mar- as markets as we find, right, markets get more hot and more popular, prices go up, and then you start to say, okay, do, do the numbers still make sense? And we're seeing that in some of the markets we're looking at in short term rentals, where the popularity just you know drives up the price, which then impacts your 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 return. Are you sourcing properties off market, on market? What has been your best? 
I buy that's all the secret my, to finding properties. Yeah, I buy all of my properties off market. Uh, I'm going to say all 98% of my properties are off market properties. And to be honest, whenever I get a property under contract, the first thing I'm thinking is, will this make a short term rental? That is my first thought because that is my favorite strategy because I think I'm building long term wealth for me personally. That that's my favorite strategy. So uh, the first thing I'm going to look at is, is it located in the right place to be a successful short-term rental? If it's out in the middle of nowhere, uh, if people aren't frequenting that area, I want it between 20 to 30 minutes of something that is drawing people in, whether that is a body of water like the ocean or a lake or a river, if it is, uh, you know, here in the Dallas Metroplex, you almost can't go wrong with having a short-term rental anywhere in the Metroplex because there's so much going on here. Business, entertainment, there's cowboys and mavericks, water parks and six flags. And so there's so many things. So if there's if there's an area for tourism and it's drawing people in on a regular basis, then it's probably going to work as a successful short-term rental. If it's not, if it's not drawing people in on a regular basis, I'm probably not even going to consider having a short-term rental. So that's the first thing that I'm looking for is location. The next thing I want to find out is, is it okay to have a short-term rental in this particular area? Has it been banned by the city, the county, an HOA or something like that? I really want to do my homework there. And then I want to see how many other short-term rentals are, are in that area. What is the competition look like? I'm going to be honest, I always feel like I can beat the competition just by doing this little boutique thing. What are they going for per night? And then that's when you really have to run your numbers. Is it, does it make sense? If, if they're in an area and they're all going for $200 a night and it's going to cost you more, because remember, not only do you, you have the mortgage and the taxes and the insurance, you've got to have all the utilities on and cable and Wi-Fi and your maintenance and your a handyman. And, you know, I don't even know. I'm sure that I just, you know, forgot something. But there's a lot of costs that go into the upkeep and, and just having this. So then you've really got to run your numbers uh, when you're you're doing those comps to see, okay, how much is this going to bring in? Does it make sense? Is this going to be profitable for me? Every single successful investor went back and forth to hell a couple of times either during the purchase with nightmare guests or or made mistakes all throughout the career in order to become successful. I'm curious about your memorable <laughs> lessons that right we all we are learned. What would you say in terms of boutique short-term rental? What would be your your top memorable lessons? Oh, goodness. The first one that comes to my mind is reading a review. Well, actually, two. I'll tell one story is your maintenance. You have to have lawn maintenance. If you have a pool, there's pool maintenance. And so I uh, ended up getting a call because this call, usually that would have went to my first, my housekeeper. She didn't know what to do. She couldn't get a hold of the handyman. So I get the call. Then I actually am talking to my guest that's at the house, had booked my short-term rental for her mother's like 80th birthday party, have a, have a beautiful backyard. The whole plan was to have this party in, in the backyard. And they, um, when they got there, 
my maintenance company had not been there in several weeks. And she shows me a picture of the backyard and it's just, it's, it's been raining. It's this high in grass. And in a couple of hours, she's got all these guests that are coming to, of course, she's mad. She's furious and I'm panicked. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. So my housekeeper, that would have been her job to let me know when she shows up that the yard is not taken care of. That didn't get done. Um, anyway, I am. Just apologizing profusely. I am making, I'm like, give me 15 minutes. Let me make as many phone calls as I can to find a yard a person to get out there. And I mean, I just, I'm just dialing as fast as I can. In the meantime, I get a, a another text from my guest with a picture of her husband who went and borrowed a lawnmower from the neighbors and he is out mowing oh, the grass. <laughs> of course, I'm like, I'm humiliated. I'm so sorry. And of course, I did not get a very nice review. Anyway, yeah, that that was definitely a memorable moment in life that you're so just even little things like yard maintenance. It can't go wrong. Your housekeeping cannot go wrong. You have to have a backup. If your housekeeper is get sick, you have to mean a lot of hours are same day turnaround. You have to be out of our uh, property at 11. We have new guests coming in at four. And when you have a bunk room, that's four. Will you put queen size beds in there? That's four beds plus a three bedroom. I mean, that it takes all of that time to turn that property over and get it ready. So, I, I mean, everything is just very timed and you have to have a lot of thought processes about if this doesn't work, what is your backup plan? Ooh, <laughs> I can imagine you on the phone and then then you literally getting notifications that your 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 guest is now mowing the lawn. I've been like, yes, yes. It was just was this the one in Dallas or was the one in another another this state? This is one in Dallas. Okay. Yep. Yeah, but it's, it was 45 minutes from me because at this point I'm like, I'm about to go mow at the yeah. ground. Yeah, you, you, you're, you're, you're loading it up in the back of your car. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but did you put anything in place? So the, there was lo- a lot of learnings from that. And I think oh, yeah. that's the key is that I think so many women, especially, you know, we, we both serve, right? We, they expect that, that it's going to all go perfect and the moment it doesn't it's like we we feel almost like a failure but it's just a learning just like yes. you gotta put that in your policies and procedures and and then grow from it you got to grow from it you can't ignore it yes. that's the key yes yes i mean the reason that i always say open every drawer i didn't know to say that in the beginning but at one time um so the, the last guest had just salt had got all in inside of a drawer a whole lot thing and then just sometimes just the crazy things that people do that if you don't open every single drawer, every single cabinet, you have no idea what is underneath there. So again, that was a lesson that we learned the hard way. Maybe just like at the one you stayed where you open up the oven and it's filthy. That was uh, disgusting. Yeah. yeah. You know, some of it is you we can cook it. it's been done in, in two years. It hasn't been cleaned. Or sometimes it was just that last guest that cooked something that went all over and your housekeeper doesn't look. So, yeah, but you do learn. And a lot of times you only learn the hard way. Yeah, absolutely. But you keep going. I mean, but you, you keep overcome, going. 
That's right. You don't go, oh, these don't work or they're too much work. You just figure it out. Yeah. And Teresa, I know as as we wrap up here, I know we have a, a shared passion for supporting women in this space, which is really important work that we're all off to. Where did that begin for you and in, in the work that you're doing and in, in, in all the community you're building? Where, where did that begin for you? Where did that fire in you? Where was that created to do what you're doing now to support women? Well, I had had a history in ministry for women. So I have always just had a heart for women. But whenever I uh, got into real estate investing, it didn't take long, as you probably know, that it was very much a male-dominated industry. And as I began to have success, it literally changed my life. I had no idea that I could create this kind of wealth. And I was like, women have to know that this is even a possibility for them. And so it was really birthed out of that is I want to share this with as many. I had been in the medical field and mm. I knew I, I, I so many of the people that I knew were working their butts off for you know, $60,000, $70,000 a year. And I was like, I felt like I had a secret that I wanted to share with the world. And so that's that's what I did. I just started telling, having little meetings here in Dallas. And if anybody was willing to show up, I was going to share what knowledge I had with them. And if it could change their life, that's what I wanted. That's great. That's great. It's similar in the sense of with Andressa and I, when we had our first meetup, we had like 10 women there and we were happy and excited because yeah. we're like, we're impacting. So, Teresa, and where can all the, the, the ladies and men who listen to our show uh, learn more about you, connect with you further and, and get connected? Well, there's two ways. My website is women's reen, women's R-E-I-N.com. But if you also are looking for a masterclass that I do, you could go to withoutfearofherfuture.com withoutfearofherfuture.com. Awesome. All this information you guys can find on our show notes. Now we're going to transition to our fabulous three questions. And the first one is, what's the most transformational book you ever read? Oh my gosh, so many. But one of them is The Power of Habits by Charles Duhigg. That was one of the first books that I read as a new entrepreneur and realizing that we could really create good habits or break bad habits was so eye-opening for me. And it's a book that I like to reread every year. It just motivates me. The Power of One More is one of the recent books that I just read by Ed Milette. Just doing one more of whatever it is, not giving up one more partnership, one more you know, whatever it is. And then right now, I am reading a book. I'm going to grab it. It is Be Your Future Self Now. And I just, I'm reading that right now, and it's so good. And it is by Benjamin Hardy. And it is talking about when we think about the person that we want to be in the future, and you start acting differently now. And so it's really been eye-opening. Awesome. The second question is, what's the most powerful routine that you do to create a financially free and balanced life, whatever balance means to you? Oh, I love that question. I have a what I believe is a very powerful morning routine that I live by. And it is getting up. uh, My feet hit the floor at 6 a.m. Monday through Friday. 
I spend one hour, like I love to motivate, read my Bible, have my prayer time. I call this my quiet time, most powerful you know, hour of my day, I believe. And then I work out and I believe, so I'm getting my spirit, I'm getting spiritually strong, I'm getting physically strong. And then as I get ready for work, I listen to podcast after podcast. So mentally I'm getting strong. And so by the time that I am actually walking out the door to start my day, I feel strong mentally, spiritually, emotionally, you know, I physically I feel good. And I think that self-discipline and having a powerful, you know, not getting up 15 minutes before you have to, you know, head out the door and being on a rush. I think that is absolutely life-changing. It has been for me. Last question, which woman famous or not has inspired you the most? Oh, my mama. I had the best mother in the whole wide world. Uh, She did pass away in 2010. She was so filled with joy and light and fun, but she was also just had so much common sense. And I would live my life every day to be half the woman she was. I would think I would would be successful. Mm, Great. Teresa, thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you for sharing your, your tips and ideas. And thank you for sharing, you know, all you do for, for yourself, your, your, your community and, and, and women and what you're up to. So thank you for everything. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you so much, Teresa. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.